0: Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I'll Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And today we are bringing you a classic uh, because of scheduling, sickness, all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it rough. <laughs> rough. <laughs> Which is kind of fitting I uh, for the classic I wanted to bring back today because... This is one of my the best puns I've ever made, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> it's about <laughs> supernatural menstruation in oh, horror. No. Uh, and I know like we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. You know we love good horror. We love Halloween. I especially love Halloween and fall. And we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. But I have been thinking about this lately because... As we mentioned in our recent uh, Con Dragon Con wrap-up episode, a lot of people were dressed as horror, like more than normal for uh, Dragon Con. But I've also seen a lot of horror movies lately. I know that's surprise, surprise, but I have seen a lot of horror movies lately. They're coming out in droves right now. Like, yes. so many horror movies, so many horror movies, and I read a whole um, article about like. Companies being surprised at how well their horror was doing, all their like horror movies, just some things that they thought would just flop have really taken off. And you know that I'm there watching them. <laughs> so, She's seen them all. <laughs> there's one holdout that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch this weekend. We'll see. I did want to mention, I brought it up before, Deep Blue Sea. okay. <laughs> Is a bad movie. It's really bad, but it's on my good bad movies list. And it's inspired a new topic I want to talk about because uh, it's like their 25th anniversary or something. I don't know. It's some anniversary. And the director was saying, like, people are now calling for the original ending to, uh, to be released. And I was like, the original ending? So I investigated and there <laughs> I knew it. Uh, I knew the lady scientist wasn't supposed to die. I knew it. It always felt kind of off to me. In the original ending, she doesn't die. Spoilers, I guess. That movie's old. But they said on exit interviews, everyone was like, that needs to die. Uh, (sighs) So they killed her off. They redid the ending. And I want to come back and revisit that which I know you've seen the outline and it looks really ominous, like Deserves to Die is the title.
1: Oh, Um. okay. I was like, what is happening? But you know what? This is Annie. Give her (laughs) what you want.
0: Yes. But I feel like that kind of mindset of like, when a man does it, it's all right. He deserves this redemption arc. When a woman does it, serves to die. If you've never seen Deep Lucy, she was a scientist that made some questionable ethical choices, Um. but does have a journey of... Realizing she did wrong, oh,
1: I know nothing about this really
0: bad, supposedly <laughs> good movie, um so okay, yeah, well, we're gonna do a whole it might be a mini, it might be a whole episode about I it. love it, but I was also thinking about bringing this one back because uh, there's been a lot of articles in my very niche circle about possession in horror movies and what it represents and why. We get it wrong a lot in terms of who we're having possessed, why they're possessed, all that stuff. So I want to come back and talk about that, too, which is another outline you might have seen that might have made you nervous. The title is like exorcism. (laughs) Oh, yeah. okay, Yeah. But I thought it was fitting with, you know, approaching this season. But also we are approaching slowly but steadily the end of our long religious It's coming. It's coming.
1: It's coming. It's just long
0: awaited. (laughs) Yes, it is. (laughs) Very
1: flat (laughs) conclusion.
0: But it is coming. Um, Yes. But in the meantime, please enjoy this classic episode. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, production of iHeartRadio. For today's question, I'm asking one that I guess we kind of talked about a little bit before, but do you remember when you got your first period? I do.
1: I was 12 years old and I had been excited about it, mainly because I've watched way too many sitcoms about how this is a celebration of womanhood and how (laughs) um, this is such a big deal. And I'm thinking my mom's going to at least give me like, I don't know, a present of sorts that tells me about it. Instead, I got sent to my nurse's office who handed me a pad who I went home. And my mom was like, okay, well, I'll buy you some pads. And that was the end of the story. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> oh, and no. then after that, I probably had some of the worst cramps ever. And I hated everything. <laughs> everything. Yeah. Um, and it took a little while before I started wearing tampons. But man, those oh,
0: pads yeah. were so uncomfortable and gross. Yeah. Yeah, um, I was nine, and we were going, we were going to a field trip to the Fox Theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, to go see the Nutcracker, and I was very, very excited, and my teacher came up to me and put her hand on my shoulder and, like, whispered in my ear, honey, I have to talk to you, and, um it was as though someone had died like she was breaking the news <laughs> yep. that someone had died and i had to go home and like i was wearing khakis so it was really oh, obvious no. blood stain and yeah i know i've talked about it before but i thought you only got it once so i was like it hurt and i had horrible cramps uh, but i got to stay home and i got rvs i remember getting rvs <laughs> nice so you kind of did have a celebration that's nice yeah, and I you know, I didn't realize it was a real thing and I did do the thing where I thought I was dying at first. Um but then it was explained to me. I so the second time I got my period was much much worse. Yeah. When I realized, "Oh, this is oh, right. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> right. Why why is it continuing to happen?" Yeah. Oh. Um But yeah, today we are finally talking about something I've I've wanted to talk about forever. It's happening and we're talking about my theory that almost all horror movies are secretly about male writers and their fear of female bodies and particularly periods. Yes. And I think I guess this is kind of like a two parter because the
1: next one is kind of on that same idea. At least sexuality. Yeah.
0: yeah. I yeah. I had a real revelation researching this that it's, you know, it's female bodies, but it's also just women. Horror the genre is almost all about our fear of women. I mean, that's fair.
3: They should be.
0: Yeah, yeah they
1: should be. Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, note, obviously not all women have periods, and we are being hearted about this. And again, not all people who have periods are women, and we acknowledge that, and that is a thing, and it is all true, and we understand and respect that. But for this specifically, we are talking about women's bodies, especially When we talk about the old school horror movies who really, 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 really
0: were afraid of women. Oh, yeah. Um, And as we record this and as you listen to it, if you're listening to it when it first came out, it's October. Happy Halloween. I know. My favorite time. It's October 1st, actually, the day we're recording this. And I'm already like, should I get a pumpkin? No. I I was trying to get a pumpkin
1: two weeks ago and someone told me no.
0: <laughs> like at the store. Yeah,
1: because they were there. And I like the little mini pumpkins. I love those. I'm uh-huh. putting googly eyes on there. Like, oh, wow. My, that's my jack o' lanterns, essentially. Uh-huh. Little mini ones. And they're like, mm-hmm. smack the no. I like, I, <laughs> I want
0: it. Uh, uh, what stopped me is I don't want it to rot before Halloween. And also, uh, now that I'm getting so many groceries at once. It was a lot to carry. Right. And I am someone who tries to make what I don't like to go back and forth from my car to my apartment. That's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. One trip. One trip Annie. One trip Annie? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that's in your nickname? Yeah, Yeah. By the way, I definitely
1: had two of my mini pumpkins sitting on my balcony for
0: two years? Wow, and they didn't die? They
1: didn't. The last time, actually, producer Andrew was here over the house, so this was a while ago, um, over here, and he and my partner went out, and they were like, what is this? And one <laughs> had slowly started to decay, and the other one was okay. But I think wow. they uh, it had gotten stuck <laughs> to the railing of my Oh wow. essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they took it off, they threw it into the yard, because, you know, that's what you do with gourds, right? And apparently mm-hmm. it was disgusting. Like the inside of it was really gross, but it was intact. <laughs> wow. That's a shame. It was almost a part of your apartment, I know. It, like fused. <laughs> it kind of did grow into my apartment. I'm like, look what you did. Yeah. Y'all ruined my life. Well, happy Halloween.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Happy Halloween. Um, so, to the topic at hand yes. um, people and particularly dudes, I would say, have been afraid of women's bodies and their periods forever. Um, throughout history, periods have been viewed as a mark of womanhood or something shameful and even evil, something that you hide. Some historians believe a few religions may have developed in part due to disgust and fear around periods. Numerous superstitions about periods have sprung up all over the world, like, uh, don't bake bread while you're on your period, don't go to a funeral on your period, don't call a man on the phone on your period, heaven forbid, <laughs> as well as etiquette rules, often preventing girls and women from interacting with boys and men during menstruation, which I thought was, when I think about that, that's so interesting to me. It's like this passing of sin. Mm. I, I don't know. Mm. Um, and there is also menophobia, which is legit phobia, fear of periods. Um, and just the fact that we call it the curse, which I will say has kind of jokingly been reclaimed, I feel like, in a lot of spaces. Oh, but... Right. Uh, That wasn't always the case.
1: Well, and like I said, in my little generation, it was blooming—a celebration of
0: womanhood. Yeah, you bloomed. Oh wow! I never ever encountered. It's fascinating to me when you say you saw like these positive or like humorous, perhaps is a better word, depictions. I never. It was always a bad thing to me. Yeah. Um. I've only seen it as a bad thing. As 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 I was researching this, I was trying to think of one example where it wasn't portrayed as just like terribly negative or something to fear. Right. And I think it's also um, the whole
1: like positive or the comedy wasn't necessarily just a positive. It was literally turning and sexualizing and adulting, mm. making a child an adult by a yeah. marker. Which you are nine, you are not a woman, but they would say <laughs> you are now becoming a woman. Um, mm-hmm. Me at 12, who's still, you know, a little older, that is not the age of becoming a woman, but that's right. absolutely a backtrack idea of women giving birth and when they are able to mate. And so therefore sold off to, uh, you are now able to have babies. You have reached your adulthood. Here you go. So it's Mm -hmm. not necessarily, it's like the reclaiming, but it is this backwards idea of why we were called to be being a woman and being Mm -hmm. now seen sexual because Mm -hmm. we've become able to be impregnated, essentially. So it's a positive, but a negative, but a negative. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Well, I think that's a lot of our tension around it. We're going to talk about that a little bit more, but kind of this tension of we have called it for so long a mark of womanhood, but in times, like with me, I was nine, clearly not. right. But there's like this idea is still there. Um, And I do want to say like we're not obviously going into a history of people's views on periods. And there's been several episodes uh, past hosts have done on, like, superstitions around periods or history of our, our beliefs around them. And there are some cultures where the period is celebrated. Right. Um, so I just, I want to put that out there. But today, because we're focusing on, like, the horror movie aspect right. of it, um, we're not going to do an exhaustive history. But that that does exist. Like, it's not so feared everywhere. Um, But uh, going back to when it was feared, um, in Jewish tradition, the blame for the curse and the less fun aspects of childbirth, less than fun, shall we say, are placed solely on Eve's shoulders, of course. Uh, The Talmud has this dire warning. If a menstruant woman passes between two men, if it is at the beginning of her menses, she will slay one of them. And if it is at the end of her menses, she will cause strife between them well, damn, if
1: I knew I had that much power, I'd start walking in between some chosen men. Can you
0: imagine, like, men scattering? (laughs) Like, oh!
1: (laughs) I would just be screaming the whole time,
0: I'm menstruating! And then
1: try to go in between all men. It's
0: It's like part, parting like a wave. (laughs) And then, like, them shouting, what part of period is she on? Where are you?
1: (laughs) You will never know. (laughs) fear me right so meanwhile uh, Leviticus describes periods as ritual impurity labeling the menstruating women as impure and anyone or anything that touches her unclean until the evening comes which is hilarious this like time frame of when this could be so not Mm -hmm. only is this girl or woman on her period impure that impurity was believed to be transferable by touch so (laughs) this is the beginning of like a zombie apocalypse
0: it's actually the period yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's funny. bad luck. Our modern reaction to it is enlightening in a way because, in theory, like we're acting as though this is a great power, which is fun to imagine. And people would run from us afraid. But at this time, I imagine women were afraid of this too. Right. And that it's like, you don't want to cause strife between men, like heaven forbid. You don't want a man to strike himself down. Not that there weren't women, I'm sure, that did. They're okay with it. <laughs> yeah. But. I know that it was not just isolated to men that women were afraid to. Well, also that also brings on a bigger shame factor. And if you cause this, are you a
1: witch? Are you like impure? Mm -hmm. Who are you? And so just having a period says you're impure,
0: says you're sinful.
1: So of course there's
0: that shame level to that as well. Well, and it's really insidious when you think about it because it's basically it's saying these two men get in a fight, blame that woman if she's menstruating. Right. Um, never holding men accountable for their actions. As per usual.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So many religious scripts prohibit sex during periods and also recommend a cleansing bath to wash off the impurity once the period is over. And by the way, that still holds true today. I know a lot of people kind of hold to that. You're not supposed to be having sex. I was actually taught that as a kid, that it was biblical to not have sex and that it was impure to have sex during periods. And even in my mind, there's this whole level wow. of like, ooh, that's kind of
0: gross. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, I just kind of assumed you wouldn't, and then I mentioned that to a good friend of mine in college, and she's like, "Well, I've heard it's actually really great." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, <laughs> okay.
1: hormones are all over this, the place at this time. We know this." But yeah, actually, I was told that as a kid, um, and I don't even—I think it was one of my uh, female relatives who told me, "Yeah, it's gross. You shouldn't do this," and wow. she was an adult believing mm-hmm. this. So I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and some mm-hmm. sects of Orthodox Christianity still forbid menstruating women from receiving communion. So I can't imagine that conversation to come and be like, ah, uh, I
0: can't take com- part in communion today, church. I'm on my period. Yeah. That does sound so, again, shameful of like... <laughs> People are going to know that you're on your period. Right. You have to tell them. Uh, well, or they'll assume that you are. Right. Uh, like you don't have to say a thing, the fact that you didn't take communion. Oh, either you're a devil worshiper
1: or you're <laughs> on your period.
0: Or both. <laughs> or both, Ooh. which is
1: So during Ramadan, however, women on their period may be exempt from fasting. So that seems at least reasonable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And again, like it's so much we could talk about if we were specifically focusing on all of the ways around the world the period is viewed and treated. Um, But we are talking about horror movies today. Um, And we've talked about before how horror movies are a really great reflection of what scares us as a society. And clearly, we're afraid of periods. Um, So much so, it almost qualifies as its own horror subgenre that is called supernatural period horror. That's perfect which I mentioned to a a guy friend the other day, and he was like, are you talking about, like, a horror movie taking place in, like, the 1600s? And I was like, no, (laughs) but I see how you thought that. (laughs) I see how you thought that. Like, period piece. Gotcha. Exactly, exactly. So Emily Soderbeck has actually written a whole piece on this called Ghoul, You'll Be a Woman Soon, Supernatural Puberty and the Horror of Periods. And she goes a step further in this article and argues that horror the genre at large is intrinsically tied to women, whether we're talking about the final girl, the pregnant body as a vessel for evil, like the the monstrous feminine, rape revenge movies, our teenage girls having their first period and just wreaking havoc. Yes. Usually supernatural havoc. Yes. Yes. And actually, I'm really glad I found this piece because it has, that really resonated with me and I'd never really considered it before. But now I do think a lot of horror is about is intrinsically linked to women. I think that was very oh, yeah. astute for sure, uh, and it is very telling as we were talking about earlier that we rarely see depictions of periods in our media, and especially in my case, I I literally cannot think of a positive thing I've seen about the period. But when we do, like most often, it is as a construct in a horror movie. All right. So I think I must have watched a lot more like coming of age
1: movies. Um, yeah. And of course, a lot of it was more horror, like, oh, my God, this happened. Um, I also, one of my favorite books, Judy Bloom books, uh, Just As Long As we We're Together, had a scene mm-hmm. in that as well. It was a fairly positive, but it definitely makes out to be, she became womanly overnight. She grew hips yeah. and breasts. And I'm like, <laughs> how's that possible? But back <laughs> to this. So, the big question, why are we so afraid of them? And obviously, yeah. our emotions. Come on, we're so emotional. Uh, Donald yeah. Trump saying blood was coming out of Megan Kelly's, oh, you know, wherever, when she wasn't nice to him, was a great example of, dude, how old are you and are you kidding me? And just pretty much yeah. saying, giving the excuse, oh, she's on her period, to dismiss someone's emotions. So yeah. annoying. Yes. Ugh. And I've seen that played on TV shows repeatedly.
0: Yeah. Is it that time I- of the month? Yeah. Oh, th- that's right up there with one of my biggest pet peeves with take a chill pill. Never, ever say that to me. <laughs> that's the opposite of a chill pill is going to oh, happen. <laughs> damn. I'm going to remember that. Don't say this to Annie. All right. Yeah, take a note. Don't say During it. During our heated um, games and battles. Got it. This is... And and the whole, like, are you PMSing is at that time of the month is a the equivalent right. of it. Right, right. And I remember when I read... It was for the show... There was a study that came out that said actually there's not actually there's not really that much definitive proof that you become more emotional right during your period it might be that you're cranky because you have cramps right and you don't feel well right but it's not like a switch it for some women maybe for some women definitely but for most women, it's not like some switch goes off and all of a sudden you're like a harpy. Right. <laughs> and it's just maybe you're uncomfortable and tired. You become a shrill uh, harpy. Yeah, yeah, I I
1: think that's one of the perfect examples because there are people who suffer from PMDD, and that's a whole yeah. hormonal thing that yes. affects your life not just on your period. Mm-hmm. And we know that. But like I, I I will say, I definitely had really strong PMS and really uh, like strong uh, symptoms. To the point that, you know, at younger, I was looking at birth control pill because it was so, it affected my life so often. Yeah. Like, every month mm-hmm. it did. But at the same time, it's not to the point that I couldn't control myself. I didn't right. throw things at people. Right. Whatever. Right, right, right. Uh, however, back to the emotions part. Social media platforms censoring images of period blood, as we know, and the hashtag period pride response, which some also see as problematic. So it is a back and forth conversation because... I, I, as someone who was born in the 80s and growing up in the country and trying to figure all of this out, because, like I said, I did see positive influences of that, but also this, like, shame factor of that, hiding the tampon, you know, making sure no one saw if you bled on yourself. You know, all those things, yeah. Not having my male counterpart or my brothers or carrying tampons for me, you know. Oh, how dare you? Even being down that aisle brings some shame. Um, Mm -hmm. But it does seem like the over exemplification of, hey, I'm gonna just wear blood everywhere. It's so, kind of like it, it has this thing, like I do get a little squeamish about that. And I don't know if that's more so of my in like ingrained this is shameful, or mm-hmm. it's just like this doesn't compute mm-hmm. as something that I'll show you know what I show off. Sure. You know, so yeah. it is like this back and forth of like, huh? And I think people in my generation have that same kind of idea of like, yes, I'm not gonna be hiding it, but at the same time, I don't want to wear my blood. So everyone can see.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And just also the conversation around, you know, people who don't have periods who are right. women. Uh, and I'm, that was a couple years ago when I remember this really being a big thing. Um, and I remember pieces of that conversation. So I think it's great that to have that conversation that some people are like, no, I have my period and I'm proud of it. I'm all for that. Yeah. Um, but yes, always good to... to have those and make sure we're being inclusive when we talk about things like that. Um, So another reason I think we're afraid of periods is religion. And I have been (laughs) watching a lot of horror movies lately, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I've realized a lot of our horror movies are religious in nature. And I know we've talked about this, Samantha. I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the show, but when I, I was young, I was very, very religious I think I have talked about it and I would lie awake at night and think I'm going to burn in hell and that I was a bad person and I can see especially in when we're talking about older times and religion back then when you didn't understand the world around you um, and you thought the period your period was shameful because it's in like religious text then it would be terrifying yeah and you like the shame it's one thing like the shame i feel but back when i was a kid if i had thought like this was some sign of my impurity right (laughs) and i was gonna burn in hell because of it right yeah also it also puts this responsibility of
1: my duty as a woman who has now bled is to birth children because this is the only reason for it if i'm not using that ability i'm sinning which has been mm-hmm. that old school text and in, in religion as well, and and what uh, providing for a family looks like for women. But yeah, absolutely, Carrie the movie, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is the epitome
0: of that yeah. whole idea. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, another reason I think people are afraid of periods are we are afraid of women's bodies. Um, we see this with women's bodies as a vessel for evil, the bad seed, Satan himself, like Rosemary's baby, like being the, the mother of that. And I was thinking about that and more in depth, and it's almost always, it comes down to blaming the mother in these movies. always, Or blaming the woman in these movies. Um, but often the mother, like uh, especially in serial killer movies, it's mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, it was the mom. Mm-hmm. She should have done XYZ. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I was like, well, the final girl might be an exemption, but I feel like the final girl is... here's this pure, innocent woman who suffers, and eventually a man will get, I don't know, like she's right. being preserved for a man at a future date. Right. Which her precious, precious virginity, um, which is why she survives, right. um, is being preserved for some future man. Well, we know the sequels that come out. It's always never good. And it's a turn for her trying to be a woman at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, And, you know, there's also this fear around the transition into womanhood. Um, We're very scared of young women, uh, girls, young girls becoming young women. We literally are afraid of fangirling. I think about that article I read all the time where the... It seemed legitimate. The author was like, this terrifying trend among young girls where they scream together and <laughs> lust after this man. I was like, what? Well, calm down. Yep. Um, not only do we not understand, thanks to a long lack of science, uh, changing hormones, uh, our bodies, we, oh, we also don't understand like changing emotions. We're afraid of it. That's a um, lie. And we see this in so many movies. And I know we've been talking about this a lot lately, but I think this is in part why all those father-daughter post-apocalyptic stories exist. Right. What could be more difficult and terrifying and altruistic than a man trying to understand a teenage girl? What are zombies compared to that? I mean, the teenage boys, you know, talk about porn.
1: Great. Talk about sex. (laughs) Uh, Tell them how to fix a car. And teenage girls, though, oh, no.
0: Oh, no. What do I do? She would never want to learn how to fix a car. Never. Right, right. Only no She doesn't
1: want to be a part of my life. She doesn't want to watch sports with me. And that mm-hmm. is very, very generalization of men, I know. Oh, but. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but but that, I mean, that's the a problem of it, trail. too.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, like we said earlier, that the struggle between this idea that a period makes a girl a woman while often still in a young child's body, which is unsettling. It right. can be. Um At the same time, this threatens the patriarchal order of things. If the young girl is becoming independent from her father, no longer needing him. Oh, well, that's scary. She's independent? What? Um, And that might also be why we see this father-daughter dynamic or or our stand-in father-figure-protector in so much media. And I know we talked in Survival Horror about this, but essentially like you can have a a strong female character, in quotes, that's really awesome, but there's almost always a stronger male character that's protecting her. Right. Yeah. Or and it's, becomes the disillusioned uh, father who kind of just yeah. walks away. Yeah. Yeah, and it's a marker of how good he is if he stays around and protects her. Right. <sighs> yeah. But, okay, we do have some examples for you. But first, we're going to pause... For a quick break, a word from our sponsor.
2: Can I rant for a sec? Please.
1: it's just
3: being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
0: And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. And we're back with
1: Carrie. <laughs> the iconic religious horror movie.
0: Yes. <laughs> and a story, of course. Sorry, story. Of course. This is probably one of the most iconic examples of what we're talking about. Um, so this is Stephen King's Carrie. The book came out in 1974, and the movie directed by Brian De Palma debuted two years later in 1976. Sissy Spacek starred as Carrie, who was a shy, abused high school girl who was bullied by both her religious mother and her classmates. And when she gets her first period in the gym locker room, her classmates mock her, they throw tampons at her, they shout, plug it up. And Carrie, who has never had any of this explained to her, uh, believed she was dying. Her mom uh, called it a, a sign of, quote, sinful sexual fantasies. And this all happens to coincide with Carrie developing powers, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, Telekinetic powers, which are symbolic of her becoming a woman. When a cruel prank leaves her doused in pig's blood, representing her period, uh, she turns those powers indiscriminately on all in her path in a wave of terrifying supernatural violence. As her mom washes the blood off her in the end, she reveals Carrie was the product of a rape that her mother, quote, enjoyed, and that sin never dies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I'd never seen this movie when I wrote it, and I still <sighs> haven't seen it. Uh, much to Samantha's uh, chagrin. Yeah. <laughs> but I, did, I knew most of this from memory, so it really left a mark on our cultural psyche. Uh, and it received several awards, it received several nominations, and is regularly included on list of the top horror movies of all time. Right. Um- Yes, I was very sad to hear
1: you say <laughs> someone who loves horror movies have uh-huh. not seen such an iconic movie. Um, you did say you read the book, so I'll allow it. <laughs> um, but this is definitely of a different beast. Not only do you have an innocent girl, or in this, I think she would be called a cinnamon roll with a s i n n a m o n. Yes, we learned this. <laughs> I learned this term because of Annie or yes. a burnt cinnamon roll. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. Thank Um, you. That develops dark telekinetic powers, but a young girl who destroys an entire community without hesitating. Um, She goes from victim and turns into a psycho bitch trope. But there is a second one as well, which I've never seen. Um, But Annie?
0: (laughs) So this is also part of Samantha's ire. I've seen the second Carrie, Carrie 2, Rage Unleashed, I think. I've not seen the first one. Um, I watched Carrie, 2 for the soundtrack, which is just as embarrassing as it sounds. <laughs> um, <laughs> I still have the soundtrack. Uh, I'll, all I remember is, like, she was in a pretty red dress at the end, and some guy got—there was a lot of fire, and some guy was, like, in a pool, and that— you know, the sheet came over it and couldn't get out. And it really oh. freaked me out. Oh, that's bad. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely
1: fire, cleansing. Like, there's a lot of, like, symbolism within the story. We know this. Between the blood and the fire and um, the crucifixes, as well as crucifying her mother, essentially. So, yeah. if you haven't seen this movie already, why haven't you, Annie? Sorry. Um, <laughs> But unless you don't like horror, which is fine. Also, mm-hmm. uh, Yes, we're talking about 1970s movies. So, spoiler alert, I guess, if you haven't uh, heard about it at all. But yeah, Mm -hmm. the whole idea with this is so symbolic throughout. It's pretty much hit you over the head. But he Mm -hmm. does turn what would be the innocent victim into a very quickly evil woman. Um, Even the jump scare at the end, which was fairly new, that kind of jump scare. So, Mm -hmm. it got me too. When I watched it as a kid... I think it was at a slumber party. Typical slumber party. Oh, my God. It's such a girl trope right there. Yeah. Um, uh, and scared the hell out of us. I think all the g- little girls screamed. We were in seventh grade, <laughs> sixth or seventh grade. We're like, ah! Uh-huh. <laughs> because of the perfect jump scare. Um, but you do. It has this whole thing of you have uh, characters who are sympathetic and are really caring and in the end really hope for the best for her and are so yeah. excited for her. However, she does not care. Everyone must go. It kind of has that. This is everyone's fault, which, again, kind of turns your view on her. Yeah. Even when she does go home to her mom, begging for some sympathy and love and ends up getting, you know, almost murdered by her mother. And so it does have this whole level of conversation of how do we see these girls? Why are periods the evil that comes upon us? Yeah. And then who, in the end, is actually innocent?
0: Yeah. And I mean, clearly we're, I don't know if oversimplifying is the right word because there is a lot going on. Right. You, know, you, you do have that religious aspect. You do have the blame the mother aspect. Right. Um, and like her becoming, you can read it as she becomes a woman and then, yeah, it's a traumatic experience and then unleashes this hell uh, within her. But she also was abused. Right. <laughs> um, so there's that aspect of it too. Right. Um, and when I was telling Samantha why I haven't seen it, I do have an anxiety, like a legit anxiety around this kind of horror that's like a bullying, abuse, religion, and like womanhood. Right, because
1: we talked about several movies you hadn't seen that are more Mm -hmm. of the psycho bitch trope and realizing you've not seen any of those, Mm -mm. even though they're considered horror, except for one. Yep which I'm still confused by, I will say that, <laughs> um, but it, it has a whole different layer of your, involving your psyche and your, your darkest fears or even yeah. personal experiences, which mm-hmm. makes a lo- whole lot more sense of like, oh, I get it. This is why you, because I think Hush was one of them. We don't, we're not going to talk about that, but it's definitely like a murder thriller, uh, yeah. stalker-ish movie, which mm-hmm. you don't really know much of this woman's background, but you just watch it in real time essentially. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, but stuff like that you don't watch. in The, and the mm-hmm. Strangers, which all yeah. have that fear, which in your mind, some of these are based on true stories. So it's like, yeah. this really could happen.
0: Yeah, I think that's what gets me. I think I really like, I like the clear, oh, no, this is not the real world stuff. <laughs> <laughs> not that I haven't watched plenty of those, but I think these are because I have these anxieties. They're so close to home. yeah. Um, But speaking of like playing on your worst fears and Stephen King. I will say this is probably
1: one of my biggest fears. And the reason why I am afraid of freaking clowns is because (laughs) of this movie. So Stephen King tackles the fears of girls becoming women and the period that comes with it is it. So you have it as a conversation about women and periods. And I didn't really think about it because I don't know if I've ever finished the early series, like when it came out in the early 90s, because I couldn't Mm. get past the clown, Tim Curry as the freaking clown, and those teeth. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. But in the newer movies, I did see it, in which they do talk about the main female character and her period and her becoming a woman, and then the relationship she has with her father. Yeah. So in the most recent movie, uh, Beverly Marsh's Greatest Fear is that very thing, and the pain it brought her via the uh, sexual abuse from her father. When he discovered she had her first period, he said she was a woman now and very creepily sniffed her hair. Is a little yeah. different in the book, which I've never read the book either. Again, clown, in the story. I was over it. Um, and there's even <laughs> a scene where she stares at a wall of tampons and pads at a pharmacy before choosing one and then gets leered at by the older male pharmacist when she checks out. Again, this is whole, like, yeah. It's yeah, not I relate just, to that. Yeah, it's not just the fact that there's this almost invitation of like, I'm sexual now,
0: which is yeah. so untrue. I've definitely had this exact moment at the store where it's a male cashier and they're checking you out and they give you this look like, mm. yeah. yeah, gross. Yeah.
1: Uh, um, and in one scene, Beverly is in the bathroom, which was very horrifying, uh, leaning over a sink with blood explodes out from the drain, completely drenching her and the bathroom in crimson blood. And honestly, I feel like I've seen scenes like this a lot Growing up, because I watched a lot of horror movies, and it never clicked with me yeah. what that truly was representing. And yeah. like, I thought people just had a phobia about blood, which is true. Yeah. but yeah, this, which is, is a part bigger, of this whole thing, yeah. Right? Well, uh, yeah, absolutely. They're like, oh, God, you're bleeding, and there's no cause yeah. for it. This is, seems unnatural, because we mm-hmm. see that as a warning of something bad is happening to your body. This is repeated in It Chapter 2. By the way, I have not seen that one. When, um, yeah. when a now adult Beverly is trapped in a bathroom stall as blood gushes and rises around her and her father and the pharmacist trying to break in.
0: Yeah, so if, if somehow you're not familiar with It, It is this alien entity that transforms into your greatest fear and feeds on your fear. So, and at the end of Chapter, it, chapter 2, they're all having to face their greatest fears. And, and so now Beverly as an adult... It, there's just blood all around her. And, and these men who kind of tormented her or made her this object of sexual fantasy when she was young are trying to get into the bathroom stall. Uh, and, you know, apparently Stephen King <laughs> has some kind of... Uh, it, he, I guess he likes coming-of-age things in general. And for, right. right coming well, of we age talked and, about Stand
1: By Me as one of his, like, sweet movies yeah. about boys coming together. But then also death.
0: Yeah. But it's just <laughs> interesting here, yeah. that his... These examples do involve the period so much. And then, you know, The Shining, everybody, which uh, notoriously he hates that movie, but um, that scene with all the blood coming out, everybody uses that as a joking gif, like, my period's here. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But let's move on from Stephen King from now and talk about Ginger Snaps, which is a movie I love. I love that movie. Yeah, so this was made in 2000, and it marries a teenage girl getting her first period with her becoming a werewolf. Um, Like getting hair in new places, acting out of character, more volatile, uh, painting her sexuality in a very monstrous way. But it's very self-aware. It's on purpose. Um, It's definitely commenting on this whole thing of when you get your period, when you become a woman, um, then you become this monster. Right. Like a werewolf. Um, the movie's tagline is, they don't call it the curse for nothing. So, have you seen any of the sequels? No.
1: Yeah, I have haven't you? either. I haven't either. I, I, I'm just afraid of sequels, which is why I'm always horrified when people watch it out of sync um, <laughs> because
0: it's not as good typically. Sometimes. <sighs> Sometimes they're. You know what I think? I feel like in trilogies, the second one is better usually, but it's not always. planned. Yes. I feel like it was planned more likely. However, but yeah, um,
1: the main character of this movie is actually in the Netflix series about werewolves. Oh,
0: really? And witches.
1: Yes. Yes, I thought that was hilarious because I've not seen her much. Recently, in many things, but it, people who are very, very iconic and noticeable. And to me, in the whole like loving horror movie, she's iconic, the young girl. Yeah. She plays this character uh, in, as a witch. She's not a werewolf, but the fact mm-hmm. that she's in this movie always is like,
2: ah, <laughs>
1: tongue in cheek type of thing. May not yeah. be on purpose, whatever. Uh, but mm-hmm. if you haven't seen this movie, you absolutely should. And if you like horror movies, yes. Um then, yes, the craft. We, uh, it was really funny because we had our listener Kat, hey Kat, uh, send us a link on Twitter about the remake of the craft. And as soon as she mm-hmm. did that, I think it was a few days later that the trailer came out. And of mm-hmm. course, one of the big scenes is a period scene, which is not really like, it's. I don't know if it's a part of the movie. Obviously, we haven't seen it, but this was yeah. definitely not a part of the original craft. Yeah. Um, so we it was interesting. So shout out to that.
0: And I wonder yeah. what this is. Synchronous. It was odd. Right. We were like literally researching this every that happened. Um. So we do have a little bit more for you, listeners. But first, we have one more quick break for word from our sponsor.
3: Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. it's being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not minute without parent, only in theaters, May 17th.
0: This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. True love is always being excited from the first moment you see one another and every time after that. It's taking long walks together in the summer, gazing longingly into each other's eyes, and, well, watching their tail wag when they chase a squirrel in the yard.
1: The Pedigree brand asked about believing in love at first sight. And honestly, the answer is yes. And I know you listeners know my love, Peaches Gertrude McFuzzin, whom I've talked about so much. And she really was love at first sight. But I will tell you, that it took a long time for me to find her. I actually was looking for a good two years before I stumbled upon her picture from my local shelter and knew the moment I saw her that she was the one. And the minute I tell you when I saw that picture and I went to meet her at the shelter and I sat with her for a good 20 minutes, y'all, you know, I couldn't leave her. I knew
0: she had to be mine. I knew we belonged together. Peaches and I are friends as well. We are. Uh, we have a good relationship together. So. You can find love at first sight with the Pedigree Adoption Drive June 7th to 9th. And the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Um, And we just wanted to wrap this up I suppose. Uh, So when I was thinking about this, doing the research, I do think horror movies at large, um, when I I joke about, semi-joke about how (laughs) they're all about male writers' fears around periods, I think what I actually mean is they're all about male writers' fears, and, you know, all of our fears around women. Mm -hmm. And periods have often been symbolic of womanhood. Now, again, I know we've been... Hopefully, in what was clearly a vocal air quote saying, becoming a woman. Right. We've been saying that throughout. But again, uh, you don't have to have periods to become a woman. But it is something that we've seen in our culture and in our media a lot. Um, And I do think the horror genre is intrinsically tied to women and our fears around it. That just makes sense to me. I don't think I'd ever really put it together. Like, I'd always said, like, this genre is about final girls, and this genre is about. Pregnant women giving birth to evil babies and, you know, I never thought about in, like, the whole scheme of horror how right. much of it is about women and right.
1: girls. Because, well, yeah, you and I have had many a conversations because I love those movies about, you know, hauntings and, you know, possessions and all of that because it's nice little scare. But when you look at it, a chunk of it has to do with... uh a mother who's lost a baby who's haunting someone, or a mother yeah. who didn't who want, didn't want children and sacrificed them is haunting someone. Yeah. And it's always the mother. It's always the mother doing something, whether it's going after the mother or the mother's going after a child. It's very mm-hmm. like, but it is. It's that whole overall. It's not just one generation of things. It's all the things. So when we talk yeah. about, um, and then we're going to soon, we're talking about femme fatales. That's the single woman. Oh my God, be, be scared. Terrified. <laughs> Terrifying.
0: Terrifying. <laughs> 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 I strike so much fear in the hearts of men. It's true. Um, and all of the points that we've discussed in our previous episodes on horror movies, there, there's been this tension of badass Final Girls uh, or, you know, even in video games when we're talking about badass uh, protagonists that you can play. But a lot of the messaging behind them is still very rigid and sexist. Um, these Pieces of entertainment are primarily created by men. Not at all. Not all of them. There are some amazing women creating in this genre. And also primarily created for the male gaze. Um, so it's empowering in a way that women's bodies do inspire so much fear. But that's only because women's and girls' bodies have been so stigmatized throughout history. Um, And when you think about how these movies and pieces of entertainment do reflect real-world fears, largely male fears, uh, that still impact and shame so many women to this day, that still keep women marginalized, it's a different story. Yeah. Um, You just have to, I don't know, I've always had that weird tension, especially when I did, one of the first episodes I did on this show was about Final Girls, and I got so torn about it. Uh, Because you are getting this messaging that, you know, to survive, to be a good woman, you have to be a virgin. Right. And, like, not smoke, not drink, and be white and brown hair. And, uh, you know, they survive, but they survive in this, like, patriarchal definition. And they're terrorized for it. Like, they're tormented for it, and they lose everything for it. Um, And another piece of this, I, I do think, is not even taking the time to understand women. Right. Especially if they don't fit the demure caricature we're supposed to fit in, like, again, you know, she's mad at me, she must be possessed, or on her period. Um, Any behavior that's not fitting into this patriarchal, uh, like, gender-conforming box is threatening and scary and something to be punished, because horror movies are largely about punishment for breaking societal norms. Right. um, Or in this case, in the one we're talking about today, for being a woman at all. Or as a cautionary tale. Of if you do this, this is what happens to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Your sexuality will get you punished unless you do it in the right, quote-unquote, way. Right. Yeah. Um, So, I guess we have a lot to say about horror movies and periods, but that's where we'll stop for today. For today, (laughs) but continue on because it is October and we love these themes. Yes, 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 we do. Um, and I know there's so many other movies we could have talked about. So if we missed one, please send it our way. Um, you can email us at stuffmediamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Mom Never Told You or on Twitter at Mom Stuff Podcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Andrew Howard. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff Mom Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life.
1: PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865.
0: Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter.